Mike check one two episode one sixty six. Yes, one sixty six. Serious rap shit podcast of John, your host. I'm Josh of a host. And yeah, we we back in the house. How you been, Josh? I'm cooling, man. Um Sixers is balling out this world. I love it. I love to see it. Just mash the Celtics two games back to back. Fuck out of here, Celtics. That's love. Um Was Tatum yeah, playing? Nah, Tatum not playing. Tatum not playing. <laughs> okay. <Sorry. laughs> we still take the win though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Tatum, you know, Tatum's a lesser Zach Levine. So, like, you know what I God mean? God damn. <laughs> Could we cool. get Zach Levine? I saw somebody, uh, like, throw that into the mix. It's, it's, the Sixers are balling, but the trade rumors are, like, flying Dude, around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Could could we get Zach Levine? So, I think there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a... Uh, like it all depends on what they want for him. Like you know, you ain't giving up a ton for Zach Levine, um, but you know if they want like maybe a couple picks, and uh, I, like so I, the the trade I saw was like Danny Green and Tease Matisse Dabble mm-hmm. for uh, and like you know maybe a pick swap and like you know another first round pick or something, yeah and. For Zach Levine, because Zach Levine's making, I mean, I'm gonna say this and it sounds insane, but like he's only making 19 million. <laughs> right, um, right. A paltry and, 19 million. Yeah, exactly. And Danny, Danny Green makes like 16 something and Thibault makes like two point something. So, right. you know, like it averages out right to about right money. And mm-hmm. uh, like, and that's the thing is Zach isn't making like crazy, and I think he still has two years left on his deal. Yeah. So, Danny Green's expiring anyway. So, like, he's done after this year. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a possibility. Suppose, so, I saw a report the other day that said Doc was like, um, Doc has turned down a couple trades. Right, right. Like, uh, Maury came to him and was like, yo, we got this, 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 and this. And, and Doc was like, nah, I don't want to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Um and like I'm not somebody who's like, yo, we're in first place, we got the best record in the East, don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also not like, yo, let's shake the fucking club up. Because like every year we're like except for last year and that like a large part of that was pandemic stuff, but like and and kind because we had like the largest contract we have four dudes on like forty million dollar contracts, so it's like impossible <laughs> to move. Um we had uh we like every year before that we're always trading like we're making giant shakeups to our roster right. and like it's hard to build any kind of consistency when you do that i was going to say there's something to be said for consistency and chemistry through consistency yes, yes. you can't just every year are we going to bring in jimmy butler we're going to do this we're going to do that like come on yeah i think i think a lot of this is going to depend on if uh tobias harris can keep up doing what he's doing mhm if he can, if he can legit be a second big time scorer for you, I mean, like a big time as far as like give you a steady twenty points a game. Yep. Um, 
Ben has like he was struggling early on offensively. If he can step in and give you his normal like 16, 17 a game, mm-hmm. and you got the sixth man of the year and Shake coming off the bench. Let's go. And you know, Seth is giving you a good twelve to fourteen a game. Like, if you can keep those numbers up, then you're okay. Like, I don't necessarily think you need like Zach Levine because once he comes in, like that's shots from everybody that's going to Zach Levine now. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's why I was super I was against the Harden trade. First of all, I don't want to get rid of Ben Simmons. Right. He's a twenty four year old, two time all star and all NBA. Uh, top 15 in the NBA player because he was all NBA and mm-hmm. uh, he's a first team uh, all defensive player he's going to be a candidate for defensive player of the year probably for the rest of his career Right. so I don't want to give up a dude that's 24 years old for that right yeah. for a dude that's 31 um, and has played you know pound the ball for 20 seconds of a shot clock and mm-hmm. then <laughs> if there's no shot for him, throw it to a dude in the corner. Like, yep. What I wanted, what I don't understand is like people who are like, oh, him and Embiid, him and Embiid. It's like you realize Embiid ain't gonna put up forty if he's <laughs> putting up forty. That would harden on the court. No, floor. Like, that's not how not it's gonna all. work. Nope. Um. So especially because like dudes that do score with Harden like you know hard so hard ended up with the Nets and it's like well yeah but him and Durant got 40 each got 40 the other day it's like yeah but Durant shoots from outside a lot KD yeah like <laughs> he's not he doesn't need to, like and B when B goes to work he needs eight seconds on that shot clock right Harden right. can't stand there at the top of the key going like dribble 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 and then like all right, all right just six seconds left he'll throw it yeah. into Embiid throw now. it in like, yeah, just, yeah make yeah. it happen nah so I don't know unless Harden was going to change his game drastically like which he was not no <laughs> not at 31 and yeah. you've gotten your way for the last 10 years right. like it's just I, not not going to happen what? I want to see James Harden win. I want to see him like succeed. I don't want him on our team though. Nah, nah, I'm good. Nah. I'm good. So like, I'm glad that trade didn't happen. Um, but like, so I'm okay with the Levine trade as long as we're not giving up nothing crazy. Because I, I, you know, I think people who watch Levine go like, yo, he's you know he scores like 25 a game and blah blah blah, and it's like he plays for one of the worst teams in the NBA. <laughs> I was gonna say like, yeah, he does that in Chicago. You know, somebody's got to score. Chicago, but yeah, yeah shots. No, no doubt. Like, I would love to see the Bulls be a good team again. Like, it's whack right. that like teams like that aren't good. Right. Um, and I don't want to see any team like go through like ten years of just not being good. It's it's corny. Just trash. Like, you just Orlando. Yeah. Um, there. Uh, but like on a bad, somebody has to score on a bad team. Like mm-hmm. points got to come from somewhere. Every team scores 80, 90 a game. So like, somebody's got to score. So, you know, it's the same thing. Like, they were talking about the dude, Devontae Graham, in Charlotte. And he's, like, having a real bad year this year so far. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, but he was scoring, like, 18 a game last year. And it's like, Charlotte was one of the worst teams in the NBA. Who's he playing with? Dog, that reminds me of uh, Robert Harris did a routine. Rest in peace, Robert Harris. He was like, man, the Clippers, the Clippers are so bad. The motherfuckers brought me off the bench. He said. I, he said he had ten points, nine rebounds, ten assists. I damn near had a triple double. Like, of course, it's like somebody. Yeah, somebody has to score. Somebody has to be productive on a, a on all teams. Yeah, especially a terrible team. It'll it'll like 
pump your stats up a little bit. Yeah, like you got a green light because you know, like you're the team's bad. Like he comes here, he ain't gonna have a green light to just shoot every time he touches the rock. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I'm okay if we're not giving up a ton and he's willing to, like, fit into what we do. Because he's exciting and, like, um, yeah. you know, he, he's been a dunk. I think he won a couple of dunk contests or two. Like, you know, so he's exciting. He can shoot the three. Um, so, like, he can play. Uh, and I think he I think he gives you a little more than Danny Green gives you right now as far as, like, Danny Green is essentially, like, a spot-up shooter. Right. And... He's not really the greatest on-ball defender anymore, uh, but he's older. Um, yeah. But he is a good. Uh, he's a good help defender. Um, I don't know if I, I like. I don't watch enough Zach Levine to be like, "Yo, Zach Levine's a good enough defender." Defend, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. If we got we got to lack a little bit to get a little more offense out of it, I'm okay with that. So I'm good with like. Uh, I'm good with a trade like that. I don't want to be like, all right, well, we trade, uh, we gonna trade, uh, fucking Ben Simmons for, you know, this dude or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm cool. There's not, listen, man. There's very little, very few dudes. I'd be like, I'll trade Ben Simmons for him. Right, right. Like, I might have done a Clay for Ben Simmons trade before Clay like blew his damn leg out again. Yeah, but. Cause I, I think Clay so bad, dog. We we talked about it on the podcast. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted him to play here. On top of everything else, he gives you the outside shooting that you need. He's also a fucking a one defender. Like you know what I mean. So you're not right. losing that defense that you were losing. You're losing with uh, Ben. Like people, like I I I think people forget that there's two sides to the there's two sides to the court, man. Like mm-hmm. you got to play defense too. Two way game, yeah. And like we've seen, you know. They dudes get played off the court if they can't play defense in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Montrez Howard was sixth man of the year last year. He was useless in the playoffs for the, for the Clippers because he just got ran off the court. You couldn't he couldn't defend. Right. He couldn't defend Jokic, and they so they just they played him off the court. Yeah, they're like, yo, listen, <laughs> one of y'all got to lock these niggas down. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and like you know, maybe you can do that for a James Harden who's gonna give you forty or on the one end, but like you trade a Ben Simmons for a dude that can't play defense and he's only giving you marginal amount of points on the other end. Yeah, you know. So I, I think you know I, I'm just glad like yo we playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they beat. Boston are three games in a row. They beat Boston twice, and then they just beat uh, Detroit last night. We recorded this on Sunday, um, so they beat Boston twice and then beat uh, Detroit last night. Um, and we playing well, man. We got the Lakers coming up this week, so it's gonna be a tough test. But yeah, yeah. you know. Plus, then my Bucks is playing in the national in the NFC uh, Championship game today too, baby. Like you know, that's crazy to me. That's I've not been following the NFL at all. Uh, the fact that y'all are still in it, fucking congratulations yeah. to you for like sticking it out. <laughs> you don't switch. I've known you a long time. You don't switch sides. You're not no. like a. You know what I mean? Like some, some motherfuckers is one brother. I don't, I don't know if he listens to the <laughs> podcast, but shout out to you, bro. You know who I'm talking about. It's one boy. He be changing, uh, boy. I know he be changing his IG shit for like whatever team he riding with. Yeah, 
Oh, he was with the Spurs. He, with the Heat. <laughs> he a Philly boy. He was with the Sixers. He'd be like changing his IG name. Like, damn, well, you 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 know, you got a lot of teams that you love. But I, as far as as long as I've known you, you consistent with yeah. like squads that you fuck with. Yeah, dog. Listen, so we made the playoffs. The Bucks made the playoffs this year. It was the first time since two thousand seven. So it was 13 years. They had four or 14, whatever you want to say, for the uh, new year or whatever. So yeah. it, was, it had been like 13, 14 years since they won, been to the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff game since we won the uh, the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in 2002. So it's been fucking 18, 19 years since we won a fucking playoff game. So yeah. Yeah. listen, man, if anybody questioned my loyalty, like... The evidence you know, is right there. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, John could ever question my loyalty because <laughs> I've been, hey, listen, been riding with, I've been riding with a bum for a long time. I've been riding with the Bucks. The Bucks been bums. You a bum? Let's be. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I uh, but like last week, dog, I was watching that game against New Orleans. Like my blood pressure, I had a headache because my I knew my blood pressure was going up because oh, like shit. And, I, yeah. and so I posted it like on Twitter and and, and Facebook. And it was just like. I don't know how to be a fan and care this late because like we haven't been good in so long. Yeah. Like, I normally my season's over by Thanksgiving. I can concentrate on basketball. Like right. normally we 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 like we got five wins and it's Thanksgiving, so it's like all right, well we ain't making the playoffs, so yeah. I can just concentrate on basketball now. Like just tune out, yeah, yeah, and like we we weren't that this year, so Jeez. you know, I, I I I'm excited, man. So hopefully it's gonna be a good day, man. Trying to be positive, trying to be in a positive mind state. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we play Aaron Rodgers. He fuck around, light us up for like four, five touchdowns or some shit. So. He a bad motherfucker too, dog. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. man. Um, switching gears a, a little bit. Um, <laughs> shout out to the homie Reef uh, who brought this uh, into the into the cipher. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know. Maybe we talked about this guy before. Um, I don't remember none of these niggas' names, but apparently a uh, white nationalist rapper or white supremacist rapper, I don't know how he self-identifies, <laughs> this guy, uh, Adam Calhoun, yeah, has a song called The Patriots, or The Patriot, and this motherfucker is like shooting up the charts on like uh, iTunes, Apple Music. Yeah, I think he's number one, right? That's crazy to me, dog. And like nothing nothing in America around race surprises me. Yeah. But it's 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 flagrant that this person would, you know, present white nationalists, white, you know, supremacist views or whatever, uh even really like conservative views, you know what I mean, like in a music that was created specifically by black folks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like rap music specifically coming out of the black community. And we have now like a whole wave and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, this whole wave of white rappers who are like, you know what? Yeah. I, I grew up on, you know, Tupac and Eminem and shit. I'm going to take all of that and put white supremacist rhetoric into it. This shit's crazy. Yeah. Um, so we did a episode around when the MAGA challenge happened. And we talked a little bit about like MAGA rappers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think we talked about this dude because I don't think this dude was on my radar at the time. But ever mm-hmm. since that's happened, now um, my YouTube feed through um, the SRS uh, email is <laughs> like filled with that shit because that's what I was logged in under. So now, like, I always get like you know the prompts of like suggested videos for you, and it's always these dudes. Yeah. Um, so I've kept an eye on it as uh, just I'll, I'll see him every once in a while. Um, and this dude has popped up. He did one video that was just like a video of him talking. He was saying he was going to run for office. And he had like, <laughs> he was like out front of his crib, I guess. And he had like 50 MAGA signs behind him. Like Trump, Pence 2020 signs. And I'm like, dude, yo, like where in hip hop do you think there's a place for that? Like, where, so mm-hmm. like, he has another video where he's like, uh, I think it's called racist or racism or some shit like that. Right, right. And like, he's talking about like, you know, he's doing that thing where he's like, you know, uh, uh, hillbilly redneck and like talking about the stereotypes of like hillbillies, rednecks and white trash. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, well, what about the ends? Right, and right. Bah, 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 and starts breaking that down, and like you know the gang bangers, and but but what about regular black folks doing like? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. where do you like get like? So he has that shit, but there's another dude. So some of these dudes are starting to get scared. So there's a dude called um, fuck, is his name Bryson Gray? I think it's <laughs> Bryson. It's Bryson Gray, I think, or Bryson Gary. I don't remember. I might be flipping the uh, the letters. Um, he's the one that went viral recently because he was doing a show at like a pro Trump <laughs> rally and like the sound cut out. So like that got like a lot of burn on Twitter. Um, and he, uh, he was at the Capitol on January oh, 6th. Shit. Um, but so, so what's crazy is. The dude that kind of started that whole MAGA challenge thing, the dude that got like retweeted by Trump, um, his name's like Bryson Gray or Bryson Gary. I'm not sure. It's one of those. I might be like reversing the letters or whatever. But um, he's uh, he's the one who then like he just went viral not too long ago over the summer because he was at like a Trump rally doing like a Trump song and he uh, and the, the music kept cutting out. Um, so apparently he was at the, the, the storm, the Capitol ship on January 6th. Um, and I saw he, so like I said, so like he, like all this shit pops up in my feed. So he was like dark days. He posted a video and just was like dark days, blah, blah, blah. So I clicked on it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and he was like, um, yeah. So apparently like people in my in my city they've been like reporting the fact that like i was at the uh at the store the capital shit and like my 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 address isn't public but my mom's address is public or my dad my people's address is public and so like the fbi showed up at my parents house looking for me (laughs) so like a lot of these dudes are starting um to like kind of fall back a little bit because like so a dude like that dude that Adam Calhoun dude he may not like he because he's like fair like he actually has ability if you listen to him rhyme he has technical ability and shit 
he may keep pushing forward with his shit. There's a whole section of these dudes who all they talk about, like, so Adam Calhoun's more like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not racist, but I just think Black Lives Matter is both like that kind of shit. These dudes, like the dude like uh, Bryson Gray or Gary or whatever, he's all in on MAGA. There's the other mm-hmm. dude, Forgiato Blow, who's like all in on MAGA. These dudes are like all in on the MAGA thing. Right. And like they wa- they're watching their griff disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, the- yeah, because if you can't be, you know, publicly out with it and it's, you know, obviously Trump's, you know, out of office now. Yeah. You, you're going to have to find a whole new lane. Yeah, like if that was if that was your all in move, like so this dude, the other the Adam Calhoun dude, he'll find he'll find his little niche where he'll do his like country rapping, like right, 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 right. you know what I mean. I'm not racist. I just tell the truth thing, like yeah. you know what I mean. Motherfuckers who've been wanting rap that was divorced from black people. Yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. Saying? He'll he'll find an audience with that. Absolutely. Um he has his lane these dudes like their lane that they tried to create because they thought like if they thought like yo listen like we can have a nice eight year run here with like (laughs) MAGA rap and that ran out you know know what I mean so like there's only so much longer you can like because a lot of them are like Q supporters too they're like Mm -hmm. QAnon dudes so like that whole shit is like crumbling yeah and so like they're watching their grift go away you hitched your wagon to Trump. His wife don't even like it. Yo, I saw a video. <laughs> what? So there was like somebody like uh, compiled like three videos from TikTok of this one woman who was like a wild Trump supporter, oh, and yeah. like she was like uh, the first video, like she's in her car. You know, they always shoot like that bad video of them in the car on a weird angle and shit mm-hmm. and she's like you know if you think you can come and stop us I, I bet you, you you shouldn't try because we're out here we're armed and blah 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 Jeez. then there's another video that was like um, so you know all you guys you thought you were funny because you got the FBI to come to my house and <laughs> da 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 and then like the, another video yeah. I heard just bawling, crying, like, Trump, save us, we're lost, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, how do y'all pin that much hope in a dude y'all do not know? Who who wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire? (laughs) No. He's he's an East Coast fucking elitist. uh, Elite. Like, come on. He got a gold toilet. I don't know how he's, how you could sell, I mean, so like the whole thing with Trump was he's a con man. Like that's what he's always been for the whole time. He's always yeah. been a con man. Yeah. I mean, before politi- uh, politics, all that shit. He's always been a con man. Con men gain the whole thing is confidence. Like you know, it's a confidence man. So like he gains people's confidence, and like he he's a grifter, and like that's what these dudes do. Like it. Like yeah. I know all y'all seen the monorail. Uh, shit from The Simpsons, like that's what this dude is, right? <laughs> like, but the, like a less bo- charismatic version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He don't even sing. <laughs> like, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> like the border wall is the monorail. It's never getting built, dog. Like <laughs> the fact that y'all fell for these things is insane to me. Yo, like I don't know, dog. I, I'm, I'm like, I just don't get like. <sighs> 
how you fall for this dude, like you said, who's a East Coast elitist, um, you know, maybe maybe billionaire, probably closer to like a millionaire shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like folks like bet all in on ball. It's yeah. crazy to me. It, it, it's wild that you sit there and go, this is where I'm going to like stamp my, like stand my ground on this dude. Mm-hmm. Like this dude is a, he don't give a fuck. He's in Florida playing golf right now. Y'all crying. He don't even care. No, he doesn't <laughs> he give even a address fuck. y'all. No. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even address y'all like, yo, we lost. We're going to rebuild. We're going to, he don't believe in none of this shit. He never believed in any of it. The yeah. whole thing was, he looked at this as a way to grift more money from the government because, like, it, it, it's turned out that he's, like, oh, shit, was it? I just saw a report on it the other day. 200 and some million that we know about in taxes, yeah. in taxable money to, for, like, putting up, like, Secret Service and putting up, like, foreign dig- dignitaries and shit. Right. I don't know, man. Anybody who bought that shit, you're, you're silly. And there's dudes who bought, built their whole rap career on that shit. Yeah. It's wild to me, man. It's just wild to me. Yeah, I wonder, um, obviously, like, and I know a lot of people are asking this question, but I just, I wonder what the next phase is for, you know, frankly half of the country or so that that really voted for this dude and stood behind him because i don't i don't take white people at their word about race on on principle these are conservatives white radicals white leftists and liberals you know what i mean the whole political spectrum i think that there not only are blind spots around race that uh white people are kind of socialized to have like much like men are socialized to have blind spots around gender, all of that stuff. I think also white people lie about race and lie about uh, their intentions and their true feelings. So I don't believe all of that, you know, oh, it's just conservative values. And, you know, I'm not with that, you know, that Trump, you know, the other crazy aspects of Trump. I think that there are a lot of white people who saw the xenophobia and the racism and we're like yes that's that's what i'm rocking with i wonder what the future of this country will be with that uh radical racist element it's been here you know what i mean as we were mm-hmm. talking before we got on you know before we start recording you know uh it's a foundation of this country um I just wonder what it's going to manifest into next and what it's what it's going to look like next. Yeah. Um I that leads in well to uh the next thing we want uh we want to talk about um so uh Rage and a group called the Chroma Collective, the Uma mm-hmm. the Uma Chroma, excuse me, the Uma Chroma. Uma Chroma, yeah. Um they released a short documentary uh uh through Vivo. Shout out to Vivo. And um, they released this uh, recently, very recently. Um, 
and it is called Killing in Thy Name. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the it's about the myth of whiteness. Uh, it aims to me. Um, it it's aiming toward educating white people on race. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Wise is in it. Uh, he's like the prime, the main educator that's like talking to like this group of like white kids, like but like farm look like farm white kids or whatever. Um, yeah. But like he's talking to them and he brings up the fact that like uh, he's um, he says like what do you think like uh, what do you think French people called themselves when they came to this country? Mm. He's he was saying like what do you think English people called themselves when they came to this country? What do you think Italians called themselves when they came to this country? He said, uh, like, the idea of whiteness didn't come along till the the people in power, the white people that were in power, had to then differentiate the, the lower-class white people from somebody else so they, the lower-class white people didn't feel like they were at the bottom rung of the ladder. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. Uh, one thing that Biden did that I do think is important because Trump tried to like slide this in right before, right before he left out was like the 1776 project or whatever, or the 1776 mm. something or other. It was essentially yeah. like an educational system that like put America first and America did nothing wrong and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. In direct opposition to the 1619 project, um, that you know is trying to sh- trying to teach um, a way to like how we can look at America and see its flaws and see what it's done wrong in this country and how um, chattel slavery like affected everything going forward, like how this country grew wealth and everything like that. Yeah, foundational. Yes, it's a foundational factor. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed it for the simple fact that I do think, um, and this touches on what you were talking about, I think the best way, one of the best ways, excuse me, one of the best ways to address these issues is through education. Because if you can teach little white kids to not centralize America and Europe throughout history and through greatness and through all these different things, you can then start to change their mind frame of how they see the world, how they see contributions and um, how they, how they see like you can, so like you can be proud that you're French. No one ever goes like, Oh, you that's white supremacist to be, be proud. You're French. Right. Right. Or be proud that you're Irish. No one ever says like, oh, you sure that's white supremacist to be proud Irish. Right. When you say white pride, it has a whole different context. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's because it's simply put into place to uh, to assert superiority. Yeah. And to uh, divide like it. it it's crazy to me whenever uh, you hear like conservative whites, they talk about, you know, BLM is, is divisive, you know what I mean? Or, 
you know, when when uh, queer people stand up for their rights, it's divisive. You're dividing things. Amalia Shatella uh, used to say something that always like rang in my mind, like being at like Uhuru meetings and shit or like rallies or whatever. Amalia Shatella used to tell white people, come rejoin humanity. You know what I mean? Come rejoin the rest of humanity. You know, help us overthrow white supremacy, help us overthrow capitalism, and create like a better world for humanity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no one's like trying to divide things by asserting their own uh, desire for liberation and their desire for freedom. It's white people that's divided things. It's it's capitalism that's divided the world. You know what I mean? And made some people into commodities and people's land into commodities and people's culture and shit you know that's what's divided things up us being quiet about it isn't you know the divisive uh or us us speaking out about it isn't the divisive factor and us being quiet about it isn't the solution either yeah yeah no i mean like you have to like well, it's like science equals death. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, white folks in general, race is an issue they need to deal with because it's their issue. Right. Um, it's an issue they created. Uh, so they cannot be silent on it. And I do think that, I think education is so important to understand context. Um, because, you know, I mean, how we grew up, like Europe and America were centralized in our history. Right. Because even when we were taught world history, maybe you get something on Egypt and the pyramids, maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing on like, uh, I mean, the number system we use is Arab. That's the number system we use is Arab. I didn't learn that till long later in life. Mm-hmm. When we was kids, if you knew like some mores on your block, I'll tell you that. I yeah. think that's how I, I found that shit out. You know what I mean? Or you read like Ivan Van Sertima or something, Golden Age of the Moor. You ain't learned that shit that we used Arabic numerals. You didn't learn that in school. No. You know what I mean? So Not I was really surprised recently. My youngest, my 11-year-old, she uh, she was doing, um, they were talking about like uh, um, colonization, essentially. Um, mm. They weren't using those words, but they were using, talking about coming to the new world or whatever. Um, and they actually mentioned that, like what I was reading was, they mentioned the Moors had conquered Spain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I learned that from a Razzcast song. Yep. <laughs> like, I didn't learn that shit. They definitely wasn't teaching us that in school. Not at all. Nature of the threat, man. Like, I, we were talking um, about this uh, NPR audio documentary I'm working on, uh, on Kiko and Retmatic songs, Reconcentration. And it, it talks about uh, the Japanese incarceration camps in World War II, 120,000 plus 
Japanese Americans were just forcibly relocated and held in concentration mm-hmm. camps. And Key told me he wrote that song because he was inspired by Nature of the Threat. He had heard like an early version of Nature of the Threat mm-hmm. and was like, yo, this shit is crazy. And they were like crew with like Raz Cast and all of them. And Raz, he, he told Raz, he was like, yo, I've been wanting to do something like that, but for Japanese Americans, Raz Cast told him like, yo, do that shit, do it for your people. And he wrote that shit. I think motherfuckers, a lot of times, like, thinking about uh, how hip-hop is engaged with racism, white supremacy directly, you gotta mention that song mm-hmm. if you're talking about, you know, uh, a tool that hip-hop can be. Motherfuckers, I think a lot of motherfuckers give Razzcast shit for that song because maybe he had, like, some dates mixed up or whatever. One, the nigga was 17 or 16 when he wrote it. You know what I mean? Laid it down later. And then, you know, it it came out on his first album. But that shit's a, uh, that's a powerful song to this day. You know what I mean? And the only motherfuckers I ever see that have a problem with that shit is like white hip hoppers. <laughs> like, yeah. like white hip hop heads be the main one. They turn into like history professors. <laughs> when you bring up, when you bring up, I, I posted some shit about nature and the threat on Facebook and like it was like mostly white hip hop heads was like, well, actually, the, the I think it's turn into like history professors when it comes to that song. That's it's a powerful fucking song. Mm-hmm. And you know, hip hop had confronted white supremacy before not in that scope yeah you know what i mean and like really breaking shit down and it taught a lot of us a lot of us heard that shit and learned a lot of stuff and and it really helped shift our perspective at a really like a really impressionable age too i was like 15 when i heard that song like young bulls yeah yeah so it's and, and even like touching on like this documentary killing in thy name um, Rage, who was like helped make this documentary, um, their first video was how I learned about Leonard Peltier. I mm. never knew about Leonard Peltier. Um, I had heard of AIM, the American Indian Movement, who's like flags yeah. right behind us. Um, I had knew about AIM uh, in like reading on my own, but I hadn't heard about Leonard Peltier's story. Like mm-hmm. Rage's first video, Freedom, is what how I learned about that story. That was the first time I ever heard his name. Was yeah, I, exactly. And I didn't even think about that till you just said that shit. Yeah, and if anybody who doesn't know, Lana Peltier is a political prisoner, um, and uh, you know was set up by the FBI. He was a member of AIM, the American Indian Movement, um, and uh, he was fighting for land rights. Uh, but um, like that's how I learned about that. Like music has given us a lot of these like lessons that we were never going to be taught. Like I was super surprised to see my daughter, um, even have the Moors mentioned in any of her history. Yeah. Um, it's still, it's still an incomplete history. Um, I tried to give her a few little gems, uh, because what they talked about was like, was uh with like oh how was religion affecting uh how did religion affect the new world blah 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 and i said like oh well mm. it straight led to war with the uh indigenous inhabitants and blah 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 yeah 
I don't think the school wanted that aspect because that was not what was in like her reading material. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but I wasn't going to give, I thought, you know, the stories of they would hang indigenous women upside down, cut their stomachs open and stomp the babies to death. Mm-hmm. I thought that might've been a little too heavy for my 11 year old, yeah. but yeah, you know, it was only a few years later in, in that age bracket when I learned about that. But again, it was not something I was ever told. We weren't taught none of that shit in school. Nah. Nah, we was still, when we was in school, we was still getting like Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's it. What yeah. did he do when he came over here? Oh, you know, he was nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the shit that we got. You know yeah. what I mean? And then we started learning all this other shit and was challenging the teachers on this shit. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's fucked up to tie it back to uh, what we were talking about earlier with like um, the like MAGA rap and shit. It's it's fucked up to me that like they're it's fucked up to me that white people have that much social power to use this beautiful thing that taught us so much about the world and use it in really like a perverted way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, shout out to Rage for making this film and for consistently throughout the years, you know, uh, Zach was on the Mumia 911 shit, mm-hmm. talking about Mumia, you know what I mean, with a bunch of other MCs, you know what I mean? Just consistently throughout the years challenging this shit and, like, calling out bullshit and telling really America's true history. It would be beautiful if America wasn't a fucking brutal homicidal place you know what i mean such a like a racist barbaric place yeah you know what i mean it would we're against this shit because this shit is in um like people say you against america or whatever because the shit that's at its foundation is is reprehensible Mm -hmm. that's why we're against it you know what i mean that's why motherfuckers not patriotic about this shit it would be beautiful if america could use all of this uh, creative energy and power and money that America has in service of human good, but but America does the opposite. Yeah, yeah. And it's why I think, so what you mentioned about um, with the MAGA rap, um, like we said, we learned so much from like rap that we listened to. And stuff that you know, stuff that we learned. Um, it's dangerous to have people like that dude out there teaching a whole other, you know, whole other version of what reality is. Yeah, um, nonsense. Yeah, so I do. I, I think people should check this out. It's called "Killing in Thy Name." Um, it's on YouTube for free. Like, go check that shit out. Um, yeah, it's like fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? Got mm-hmm. dope rage music in there. So, nice. um, yeah, check it out. It's it's really good. Um, and, you know, shout out to Rage because they've been putting in work for a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we can slide into uh, some new music now. Did you listen to anything new this week? Yeah. Um, shout out to. Uh, oh, shit. I can't remember where I saw this. Um, I saw an article that was talking about. Um, women MCs in uh UK drill. Um oh, 
and you know I'm always like checking out new UK artists shit like that so I saw that and was like oh let me check out um let me check out some of these people so a couple people they listed I couldn't find like albums for but there was somebody who they listed her name is uh Shabo um and the album just dropped like this week Um, it's called Stuck in a Vault um and it's dope like straight drill there's even aspects where you're listening and I don't she doesn't have like a super heavy um, UK slang and a- and accent. So like mm-hmm. when you're listening, not necessarily realizing it's a UK drill artist. She yeah, just yeah. sounds like a drill artist. Um, but it's dope. Uh, I think people should check it out. It's really good. Beats are like hard. Uh, rhymes are hard. Um, yeah, check it out. His name is her name is uh, Shabo. It's S H A Y B L B O. Yeah, check it out. It's dope. Where I um was checking out the new uh Feral Monch record. It's uh it's a band. It's like under the name Thirteen. Yes, yeah. But uh it's called A Magnificent Day for an Exorcism and it's uh a, a trio is Feral Monch. Uh what is the brother's name? Um Marcus Mercado, I think his name is, uh mm-hmm. on guitar. And yeah, Marcus Machado, sorry, on guitar. And Daru Jones, who's a drummer. He plays with uh like Jack White from the White Stripes, but he's also like a hip hop producer in his own right. And they're like and Pharaoh, of course, yeah. on vocals. And Pharaoh is <laughs> he's like going crazy yeah. on this whole record. A lot of it, you know, deals with like what we we've been talking about today, like racism, white supremacy. All of that stuff. Uh, it's like a thoroughly political record, um, and it's like on some heavy. It's like if Pharaoh was like, "Yo, I want to be in Led Zeppelin." Yeah. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Which hard rock? Um, I like punk, but like hard rock isn't really uh, like my thing. Like Zeppelin or shit like that. Like Zeppelin's cool, but it's not really my thing. You know what I mean? Like the kind of like hard rock shit uh, that they're like exploring here musically. But Pharaoh has like the personality for it. You know what I mean? And he has like the different things that he's doing with like his flows and like his voice and stuff. Uh, It really. It really is like Zeppelin or like Living Color or something like that. Yeah, Just with yeah, yeah. Much, you know what I mean? As like the front man, it's really fucking dope in certain spots. I love um, um, Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. And The Magician. The Magician is crazy. Scarecrow yeah. is crazy. Those are my um, two favorite joints on here. He's, yeah, yo, it's, it's, it's ill. I said it. We were talking about it on uh, NPR uh, on Friday. And it's just ill to see Pharaoh, he can still pull like a trick out of the bag and make something completely different. This dude, Organized, Compu- Conf- Organized Confusion put out uh, Fudge Pudge. We were like 12, 11. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm we were like little kids when that song came out. You know what I mean? This dude is still doing his thing and he still has like new tricks in the bag i love it i love to fucking see it yeah um it kind of reminds me remember that record um that 
uh, most Def did the genre was like Black Jack Johnson and why like that mm-hmm. record where he was doing it with a band and shit kind of reminds me of that in like certain tones but this is like more harder rock in a lot yeah, of places yeah. than that was right. um, but like it's like I said I really love the Scarecrow John I really love the uh, Magician John there's another John I can't think of the name of it that I really like on there um, it's not 100% what I would listen to like you know what I mean but same it's it's very interesting to listen to. And like you said, it's dope to see an artist who's like, who's older, who's able to like, uh, to, um, like you said, pull another trick out the bag to, to change lanes and to explore too. Like that, I think that's important. Um, there's a lot of, uh, we've talked about this before. There's a lot of, uh, fans who want their artists to stay in one lane mm-hmm. and um i don't want to compare myself i'm not trying to compare myself uh to pharaoh but in a sense of like a, being a creative and being an artist you you want to be able to touch as many fucking things as you can and play in as many different things as you can because that that helps your creativity right um so i think this is really great to see him be able to uh, play in those uh, playing a different sandbox and shit yeah yeah he's he's killing it throughout this shit I, I also uh, just heard this uh, next joint uh, maybe like Friday night whenever they whenever they dropped it but um, Remy Banks and Rome Streets have a record called Beef and Brock and it's just the single is from uh, Remy Banks' album, but this shit is hard as nails. Though. Hard body. <laughs> shit is hard. Like, you know, uh, you you listen to like a lot of like underground rap and it has like, you know, a lot of cats are exploring, you know, like the sample based beats and they like mm-hmm. kicking that like street shit or whatever. This is in that vein, but like this shit is better than any of the shit. <laughs> this, that I hear any of the shit that I hear you know up and down like the timeline or whatever on Twitter during the during the course of a week or whatever this shit like it made me want to like really I had heard Rome Streets before um, I may have heard Remy Banks before but this made me really like okay from now on everything y'all put out I'm gonna check for it yeah yeah, yeah. I gotta check it out um, I I I was I didn't even know the Feral Monch joint dropped. Um mm-hmm. who did I see? Shout out to the homie Just just mentioned it to me. I knew yeah. it was coming out because I saw a thing for it. Um right. it, but I didn't know it came out this week. And just I think Just said something to me, and then I saw um shout out again to the homie Reef. He uh he had posted something about it. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, when he was talking about the uh the Adam Calhoun <laughs> thing to tie yeah, it all yeah. together. He he mentioned this, so I was like, "Oh, I gotta check that out." So I didn't even know about this project either. This well, this song. So I'm gonna check this out too. Um, yeah, I think you'll like this shit. Yeah, they they uh, kicking that shit on this song. Where, um, other than that, uh, you know, you can hit us up at seriousrapshit.com. We just dropped two new hoodies. We dropped the backpack Illuminati hoodie. Um, <sighs> going. The streets going crazy <laughs> off of that joint. People inbox and be like, Ooh, I, I need one of them. Um, we dropped the Blizzard of 96 hoodies. Uh, crazy. Um, 
so there's though they're in here uh and um you can hit up incest trap and yoga and grab the abash ice hoodies and t-shirts they're still available mm-hmm. go like and subscribe our vivo channel it's serious rap shit vivo straight through just write serious rap shit vivo it'll pop up um it's also linked in our twitter bio and our uh in our instagram bio yeah so you can go right there go like and subscribe there with dropping stuff by the time this episode drops there should be another video up and then there'll be the video from this episode that'll be going up so um that'll come up probably like later in the week so we are gonna have shit there on a consistent basis um there's gonna be stuff there's two things up there right now there's gonna be more stuff coming on a steady basis we have a backlog of stuff that's gonna come out on there so we we were when we were off and not dropping episodes, we were working. There's stuff He's doing it. Yeah, 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 there's stuff that's live there that's ready to come out. Um, and there's some exciting stuff there. There's something that nobody's ever seen. There's a video that's getting ready to drop there that we shot a year or two ago that no one's ever seen. That's just been sitting in our like in a folder for us and shit that yeah. we were figuring out what to do with, and now we're dropping it on there. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff coming. There's going to be more and more stuff, uh, different uh, different shit that we're trying out. Um, so just go like and subscribe and hit the notification button so you know when it's dropped, so you know when we drop the new video. Yep. Um, other than that, you know, hit us up on social media. Uh, it's Serious Rap Shit on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Indy underscore SRS on Twitter and Instagram. I-N-D-I underscore SRS. You're John underscore Liberator on Twitter and Instagram. Um, hit us up. Give us a follow. Um, if you want to see me talk about the Sixers all the time, like, <laughs> it's a good chance. That's what I do on Twitter. I talk to the Sixers and I talk wild leftist politics. So, you, you know what I mean? John told us a lot about, like, record digging, um, beat making, yep. um, and leftist politics. So, I mean, you know. It's, the shit I know. Hey, listen, if you like the show, you'll love us on Twitter. So, right. um Hit us up on uh, all the uh, all the spots, and um, we'll be back next week. Peace, peace.